I, I think what's really cool about an immigrant is you always feel like an outsider. And I actually, I mean, look what's going on here. Like, like for the things that I put out to the world, I'm an outsider to the Cannes Lion Festival. But I prefer to be an outcast because what, when you're an outcast, you're looking at it differently. Hey guys, it's Gary Vee and you're with OT and the Ducan Show. What are we getting? Urban Life. Neighborhood Banter. Pull up a seat and pass the time. <laughs> the Ducan Show. Hosted by OT, Toothless, Urshad, and Reem. Welcome to the tribe. Okay, so uh, I feel very left out with the Gary Vee situation. That one's been great. I feel like that was amazing. That was amazing, by the way. I apologize for saying that you've been left out. I, I know how you feel. I apologize. But, I, Gary um, Vee for me. I'm just going to interrupt you because I feel like <laughs> I don't want to hear it. Um, I don't want to hear how like you met him and he was great. But I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna tell you that. Anyway. Yeah, I know, I know. But I just want to say because it was so accidental and like I was actually happy that it kind of spiraled the way it did. I like the whole time I was, I, I, I'm genuinely like you're an extension of me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So if you're doing something, I feel like I've done something. Like yeah. when you won the can thing, I felt like I won. Well, you kind of helped. So. I did help, <laughs> but I felt like I won and I felt like I was going and I felt like all of the team did. To be honest with you, but I think that. When you met Gary V, that was the only I was like that mother. That that was the only <laughs> moment where I was like, where I felt like, because I feel, I don't know why I think he's so great. I still don't understand why I think he's so great. I wonder if I've just drank the Kool Aid. I think you did, um, and I think I did as well because I'm like the most anti-motivational speaker kind of guy. You hate like them. Tony Robbins. You I hate all I can't these people. Any of these guys. By the way, like, Tony Ro- if Tony Robbins <laughs> comes on our show, you're gonna love. <laughs> I don't. I'd, I'd love to be there <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. I feel like. Have you ever watched those guys that do like um, direct selling or yeah, yeah. multi-level marketing? The best salespeople like of They're all time. Cult. They just throw their cash at them. Yeah, you know? but it, and beyond cash, they throw their belief and their hopes and dreams at them. Yeah, like that's the thing that like gets to me is that there's this real I can't even begin. But to then the ones it. that get like they feel like they've gone screwed over. The ones who like come back and they're angry. And, like, but because I mean, if you ever seen any of these things, that's it's kind of. It started with like the Tupperware selling. Oh my god, right? the Tupperware parties? Yeah, the my Tupperware parties. My mom's was totally down with those. Yeah, exactly. It made it to like Kuwait. <laughs> like Kuwait it made 1982, it the world. you know what I mean? Yeah. It really made it to like... That's the thing, like so then, I think maybe that's why I have problems with like these motivational speakers because they're selling the Kool-Aid yeah. and like, I'm just not, I'm not sold. But I think Gary Vee's approach though. Well, Gary V. Well, okay, just for the Sounds record, good. when Gary V. was doing Wine Library, that's when I found him. Oh, really? Yeah, which tells you about my love for wine, yeah. right? How far back? <laughs> I'm just like the other millennials. I yeah. discovered him online. No, I I was watching him in Wine Library because I found YouTube yeah. and there weren't many videos on there, and he'd made this video about what wine goes with snow. And obviously, I lived in Canada, and he was just kind of doing this wacky and weird stuff, and that's how far back I followed Gary V. And I watched him kind of develop this voice in the industry, and watch him change from the guy that and his TED talk. I watched his TED talk way back, mm. and it was this very Gary V. style, almost like ADD, like sporadic, yeah. and 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 and. But I Incredibly got incredibly aggressive, a very aggressive, yeah, yeah, yeah. and almost like. And I always wish I had at the time. Now I'm a lot more. We're a lot more like it. But I wish at the time I'd I'd seen him, and he was like, you know what? This is who I am. Take it or leave it. If you don't like it you can step but this is what i'm doing and yeah. he did do something i i am not okay now i know i sound like i drank the kool-aid but there mm-hmm. were times when he said guys you should invest in this and it was twitter and it was like there were things that he had yeah. articulated but I think that's you why know? his kool-aid is so sellable yeah it's because He's like, I told you so. You missed out, it's and like you see the tang. result. Yeah, it's like when they make good tank, not like that watered down. <laughs> exactly. Bottom yeah. of the barrel. So you see the result <laughs> yeah. of it, either yeah. working or not working, yeah, right? It's because true. like a lot of these cult guys, like they talk to talk, but I haven't seen them do anything about it. Yeah. But like he's personally invested in these things, right? And like, he lives very. He lives very exposed. Like yeah. he's really, really exposed. Exactly. Like when I saw him, so I, like I figured out his his formula. What he does is, I think the moment he steps out the bathroom, and the only reason I'm saying that is because there's footage of him at home. Or like in a hotel room and he's about to go out. Yeah. Right? And 
his ca his guy comes in, he sets up the camera, he lapels, sets up the lapel for Gary, and they go up. And they just go for the whole. Doesn't day. matter what he's doing, he's being recorded the entire time until he goes to bed. You know what I find is a bit insane about that is that we have some sections of our lives that we keep private. Intentionally, yeah. You and I have like yeah. really made a point to keep some areas of our life very private. private. And I don't know if I admire someone who completely lets it go. However, yesterday Gary V discussed, uh, released uh, an article saying that in August he's actually going to take a break. He's taking, yeah, he's going you know offline. I mean? Because, because it is full on. Yeah, because he's taking his family on vacation. Yeah, but it's also, you know, I wonder, and this is something that we, we are currently talking about, which I'm happy to kind of articulate, how, are, how much are we going to document and how much are we going to share? And that he's kind of said everything. Go but, no, every actually, platform. But this is the thing. Similarly, I don't know he, what his kids look like, though. That's what I'm saying. Similarly, he still censors a big part of his life that he keeps private intentionally. Like, he's like, I can show you the hustle. I can show you how I do my business. I show you everything that I do yeah. with complete transparency. But... My family's out of the picture. Fair right? enough, though. Which is a, a very smart approach. And I respect him for that as I well. I do, too. I um, do, too. And I think that's what sells the Kool-Aid very well, is because I, I can't get over it. Like, he's... One, you see the result of his work. Yes. Whether it worked for him or not, he speaks about it. Like, he talked about, I think, was it Uber that he didn't invest in at first and he regrets not investing in it? I don't know. One of those, one of those startups. I'm sure there were many. He was offered to invest in and he didn't and he keeps he brings it up in a lot of the his one talks, that got away right? type of exactly. thing. Exactly. Yeah. So he keeps reminiscing I can about see it. That. Right? Um, so there's that, but also he talks a lot about how he invested here, put his money there, and it worked. And he's very aggressive with his bluntness. Yeah. And that says a lot. Like you, you, you see, it's like he's putting everything on the table for you, even when. I saw him speak or I've seen any of his videos, um, he just puts it all out there, right? In the sense that when he came to, to, to Khan and he was speak and I caught his talk, his talk was about how you guys are full of shit as an industry and he's calling them out <laughs> on everything. And you know, he, I, I kind of admire that. Exactly, right? Yeah. And he's like, he's like, he's like, I'm here as an outsider. He's like the same way I was in America as an outsider. I'm here um, as an outsider. He's like, I'm here at this event as an outsider. He's like, I'm not the ad guy. He's like, yeah. Uh, he's, and he's like, if you're, he, I remember he asked, he's like, how many people work for one of the big networks? Right? Most people raise their hand, I assume. Did, right? Yeah. He's like, you guys are not an advertiser. You know, right? that's a very bold and brave statement, isn't yeah. it? And like, that's the thing. Like, he's just bold but, about what he says. But I think I, you know, I feel like sometimes I, my nature is to be gentler, mm. not to be as aggressive as his is. But you. <laughs> I'm, 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 a, I'm a gentle. You, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a care bear. I'm, a, I'm very gentle. You are. <laughs> you are. No, I think that I think we both can learn from being forthright. He's very forthright, and he is. and I think sometimes when you make a sweeping state like make statement like yeah. that to a room, obviously it's not going to be a perfect statement. There will be people that are completely in, are completely content creators, are completely yeah. following the true tenets of you know good advertising. But what I think he's trying to say is that the industry, when he says that, he's trying to jar people away. He's trying to jar them away yeah. to say that if you're working for a network, then you're all about revenue for these guys at the end of the year. You're not in creative business. It's not about ideas. It's not about advertising. You're just like any other corporate business. Right? Yeah. Right. And but it's about being jarring and shakes people to realize shaking it, people right? awake yeah. yeah and i think you know that it's a very interesting thing we've been kind of we you the things you and i talk about we recognize the good things the happy yeah. things that because we seek those that's yeah. what we but what takes up our time sometimes in our discourse are the things that jar us yeah. we talk about the things that are like off kilter or some yeah. when someone's made like a really big accu like w the other day a hundred like loves and we love you guys and thank you for everything and one hater <laughs> one <laughs> troll and we called our friends we made a thing we talked about yeah. it we're like is what he's saying true about us how do we respond yeah. and like that's what i'm talking about that jarring moment is what got us it's all talking it's yeah. a wake-up call and i respect it and i love it yeah. and i want it in my life um I'm a bit tired today, so maybe I don't want it today, but on other days, I certainly welcome it. Mm. But I think the, the Gary Vee, um, the, the, what I love about him is 
I love the hustle, as you know. Like, I love the grind, I love the game, and I love being a working harder and being more disciplined. Yeah. That's something that's a part of what I want to cultivate in myself, and I see it in him. But I would like him to talk about burnout. Like, I would like him to talk about I think he does. I, I mean, think he, I think he made a statement about it, right? I think that was his piece, right? He made because a really great statement. I think we should post, think we should talk, we should share it with everybody because yeah. I think it was a valuable thing for because me to see. Here's the thing like, I take everything he says into account simply because he, his approach and what he talks about kind of has you sitting there want to take notes all the time yeah right but then he also speaks so fast you don't get a chance to so i'm thankful for the videos and the audio recordings because that helped right? but i think that's a part um, of the practice yeah. to speak like this so quickly that when you hit points like that <laughs> you just cannot really comprehend it so you've got to go so back and go that's back another and view and that's another it, click and it's another and that's number it's, it's so clickbait right? to talk like, like i feel that, like right? it, it it feels it fuels his um his package his brand yeah um, and if you say something bloody ridiculous like the world is flat you have to kind of like think about it for a second and then people have you to don't have time to respond exactly so you don't even have a moment to that's respond it. about i just said the world was flat do that's you know what it. i mean and, and the like, only you can time just... he slows down is when he's on stage and he's not going to get interrupted exactly right but on that he's always speaking fast and he's always i think it's, an, about it's such an so it could be a theory right? yeah yeah i think um, it's a, it could it's be a what he's playing practice, on no right and that's what he gets to work and from. we're much more like so tell us how you're feeling <laughs> today so what happened are you tell us really yeah yeah um but what was it like to be in his presence like what's he like when you meet him so here's the thing so as i said like he walks around with this camera guy following him everywhere yeah um i remember i was standing in line for coffee it's outdoor this you know these little like trucks like pavilions um no no i was just outdoor in this you know the like a food truck but it's just selling coffee and Mm. i'm just in line waiting for my turn and (coughs) sorry bless you um (laughs) and i was in line and I saw him passing by, and then I saw this camera guy running after him. Like, and here's what's interesting: this guy running after him walks circles around him the entire time. Oh, it's just like circling him. Yeah. So then he's getting you like everything that is happening around, him, right? Which I thought was really interesting. Anyway, so I ran up to him. I was like, I just got out the line. I went up. I was like, Hey, what's up, Gary? How's it going? You're supposed to be speaking at our talk, I think, in the next hour or so. I was like, I run one. I run the region's number one society and culture podcast. I'd like to interview you for the show. And he's like, all right, great, man. He's like, let's let's sit after after the talk and we'll do it then. I was like, that sounds great. He leaves. Um, got my coffee, walked in. And the thing is that, as I said, like these programs were private. They're like 20, 30 people tops per yeah, session. Yeah, yeah. Right? So there's not Which a lot of Which is amazing. Exactly. And so, you know, got my coffee. Usually, you know, you go out for lunch. People are hanging out, doing other stuff before they talk. Like we had time for the talk. There was no rush. Uh, but I just went in. I was like, you know, I was like, if I can catch up with him, just hang out with him before uh, recording will be cool. So I get there and he uh, came up to me and he like he taps and he's like, "Hey man, listen, I got some time now. Do you want to do the episode?" I was like, "Fuck yeah!" Um, and I was like, "All right, cool. Wait, let's." I was like, "You know what? Let's go sit inside because we get a lot more privacy." privacy and, yeah. You know, and one thing I'm very thankful for is that I wanted to take all my equipment with me when I was traveling, but at the same we time... We always do that. Exactly. We always, like, bring all this kit, and at Everything. the end of the day, you just kind of scale down. Yeah, so... Because you mem- have to be agile. That's it. And the night before, I remember I was packing, and I looked at it, I was like, there's no way I'm going to get the zoom, the lapels, all these equipment, and yeah. cameras, and, like, take them with me and to fly out. So I was like, all right, fine, this is going to be a waste. So then... Luckily, we had the lapels we we bought for the for those the, are for perfect the for like agile agile fi- so uh, just, agile audio. I just took those; they fit in my pocket. And Gary V, I think, was like day six is when I saw him. Right up yeah. until that point, I've carried the mics in my pocket every single. Do day. you have my mic too? Yeah, yeah I have okay. Both. <laughs> I was looking. I forgot I'd given you both of yeah. them. But there, um, I like. But this is the thing as well is I really appreciate our practice of like just get her done. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, it. however, by any means yeah. possible. Because all I could think of was that okay, I'm gonna be account for those many days, these many hours. There's all these different people. If I happen to me one, I need to be able to ready to record. Yeah. There is no way I'm gonna carry like the Zoom bag and then the mics with me everywhere. Completely. Right. Um, but you did it, and I think that's God. kind of. I mean, it seemed to work really well, which is yeah. amazing. And so, where did you sit with him? So, like, how did you? Yeah. Get... So I got him. I was like, all right, cool. Let's sit. We went and sat where we have the classes. Okay. Right? For the program, we just rocked up. We hung out, and his camera guys has been hanging out with us the whole time. What was his nature like? Like, what did um, he feel like? His demeanor was very alert. So he was very like at all times, like, wired, all the time. Really, um, switched on. And I on. think, in my opinion, I think it's because maybe the camera presence. 
You I don't know, like, I'll a... be curious to see when the camera's off. Ah, okay, that's a really good point, actually, because yeah. we always talk about that. Um, that's part of the reason we don't record the podcast sometimes, because yeah. if it's us, we're, re exactly. we're really comfortable, but somebody low. else, it doesn't have, it, it gives them something to yeah. be nervous about. Exactly. And all we're doing is trying to strip, you know, people right? there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so. And the thing that, so, and here's the bit, like, for these programs, I was told from day one, um, you're not allowed to take photos uh, you're not allowed to take videos or photos during the session oh really um, and don't use your laptop to take notes use a notepad simply because from what they explain that a lot of these guys because it's such a private and intimate session they, they speak comfortably yes right whereas as soon as there's that because of their caliber and their clout and who these people are as soon as their camera up or something they change their demeanor yeah right? of course and this was something like we were told about from the beginning. Like just try to avoid doing this. Is why I wrote a lot and I have notebooks. Yeah, yeah. And you've been sharing like a lot. I find yeah. I find the moments that you picked out were really, really relevant to yeah. the things that we're building and exactly. the things that we're moving into. And even my questions, like when it, it's funny, like I was front and center for all the talks. And as soon as like I find a chance for any Q and A, I was I was asking questions to all the speakers. But there are questions that fit what I wanted what I was looking for yeah some people get it and they would answer you and some try to avoid the question. some were just like you know dodgy but to exactly. be to be fair you know I think it it's very difficult to speak to an audience of critical minds of course. and our industry is full of not not to say it negatively but to say it honestly a bit jaded a bit worn even when you're younger even you know it's just it's part of what you unfortunately inherit especially if you're in a big network exactly and you know part of the departure from that is undoing that and finding and hope and finding yeah it takes a long time to undo that so he so then when it came to Gary there uh, I asked look can I take photos of they're like listen it was Gary it's fine yeah he's the only one they know He's totally cool, right? with, and I feel like I want to be more like that. Yeah, I like I have. We don't really have anything to hide, do no. we? It's just a matter of keeping some private space for yeah, privacy. Exactly, like private space that that's there because you know that that's that's family. That's um, well, some people chose to be in the forum like us. Yeah. We've chosen to be yeah. in the public, but my yeah. sister certainly hasn't. Exactly, like do you get like what your I mean? sister. No matter if I try to take a photo of us, and she be not too comfortable with it she right? wouldn't she, she um, doesn't want it to be exactly and, and I get that like so then it's respecting these people in our lives right? yeah. and their privacy because Absolutely. to them it's very different um, like I tend to be like that with my family a lot because I know how they are um, for example my brother is just a big no-no he's not about it Mubarak right? yeah he, yeah he, he Dina's like, the same way to right? be but it's funny because Omar's family is a bit the opposite yeah they love yeah. Like pictures, pictures, pictures. Share it with everybody. Tell yeah. people, you know. Exactly, but like that's the thing. Like I know, like people like Dean work is more for memory and for safekeeping. Yeah, yeah. Right, not to be shared with not, the world. Yeah, yeah, to look yeah. back at it at a later point. Yeah. Um, and that's what they're about. So like because of that, you know, we, we restrict these bits in our lives. So, and I think as I was saying, like I think Gary's the same. But anyways, um, so because he's just so alert all the time, I think it's my opinion was it's the camera around him but I think it's also it's just his demeanor it's his nature it's how he is yeah um, because when we were sitting and talking I realized he he didn't cuss once and I remember that stood out because that's he likes to do that on stage to shock people okay right I feel that I think that's one of one of my theories that he intentionally cusses one is to reach to a younger audience which I get two is to shock the people in sitting the down audience, in front of right him. exactly yeah. um, but he never did when I was interviewing him. Didn't because you were engaged. It was just very intimate. We were just sitting together. And the thing is, I didn't have... I my, What I thought was that I was going to sit with him later. I was going to sit down, prepare questions. And, you know, I thought I had that luxury yeah. of time. But he's so into it. He's like, yo, let's do it right now. Yeah. Right? And I love that. Yeah. I love like, that. It's like, we're doing it now. If you want to take it, if not... Exactly. Hey, a lot of people won't even give me that. They're like, listen, call my agent or call somebody. Talk yeah. to me later. Where he's like, yo, he came to me personally, like, hey, I'm free right now. You want to I do love it? that. Right? I was like, yeah, ready. And just pulled out the mic, connected it to the phone. He looked at it, I was like, yeah, bro, I got to record on time. Yeah. Like, I like your style. Yeah. Sweet. So we sat, and it was just, I started shooting out first any question that came to mind. Like, I wasn't, I didn't prepare for it. I didn't prepare for Well, you didn't have time. Nothing. So yeah. I just went for it. Like, but that's the can. Exactly. It just is so what it I is. I thought in it'd the be moment. great, right? It just yeah. works that way. And as we're sitting and we're, at, we're recording, we didn't realize people started coming in for the session. Oh. Because we're just sitting in front and like the doors are from the like the sides back so you don't see people coming in. And we're just sitting recording the whole time. 
Um, I think not until Bob Isherwood, who was leading the, the sessions, walked in and he was in front. I was like, oh, okay, I think people are coming in. And if it wasn't for that, we could have stayed. I think that forced me to kind of speed up the interview and like That's the questions cool. that I had. That's Which cool. was pretty good. I mean, at least, but I felt like I managed to get good, uh, good responses from him. Um, I learned something from it, and I hope yeah. that you know. I mean, we'll we'll hear it in a we'll, we'll hear it in a minute. Yeah. But I think that what when you left when I, so he did his talk afterwards. So I didn't see. It. So here's the thing. From what I understood is that he was part of a panel. Oh, okay. That's why he's at camp, right? So then the people organizing the the creative program took advantage of the fact that he's there. Like, hey, would you like to come speak? He said yes. He shows up. But also, I mean, and I, I didn't notice that till I saw his daily reads, right? Whereas, like, he was on Spotify's yacht where he was giving them advice. And I saw that on Daily V. Exactly. So, like, he was all around and he was out at dinners and lunches with all the, and breakfast with all these I, people. I saw that. I saw that. And he was just, that was his grind. That's, and he was there for just that day. Yeah. That he was gone, right? So, like, you got him, you got him, you didn't. Tough. Good for um, you. Which is, yeah. Good for you. It was pretty good. So no, that's favorite. pretty awesome. I'm really glad you did because I think, um, as far as, as far as someone who speaks to the grind in making your voice heard online, he's conquered that. Um, oh. He's conquered that kind of threshold. However, his 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 approach is very aggressive and all-encompassing. Yeah. So he says, and, and this is something that's been articulated to us a number of times, nobody cares whether you can or can't do it. Yeah. If you do it, you succeed. If you, you don't, don't do it, you, you don't. don't exist. So yeah. it's very much like nobody, you know, but I, a part of me does yeah. feel like maybe there has to be a different way because it's not a sustainable way, yeah. but he's proving that wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there is a way to sustain it. And that's it. the thing, like people like him make it possible to have to run business and also be a, a face like that a public face like that because this is something we're facing yeah right? this content like, never stops but our week is so packed we're running three businesses we're doing all this stuff and yeah. it's like okay Excellent. how do we manage it so that we're still speaking the same but it's also a relief i find all of these little things pockets better. of relief yeah, right it feeds into yeah and i think um, it might feed into us yeah. too because i think what I believe is probably when he's having phone calls and meetings with his team internally, that we don't see. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. His family, we don't see. Yeah. Right? So he's very selective of what he will show you, but it also, because it's just so much content all at once, you start to feel like that's his life. Like, I didn't know he had a family till I figured out he's taking August off to spend it with his wife uh, and kids. Yeah, no, he talked about, right? I, I, I was like, actually watching no that bees. transition. Like, there's there. no daily bees in August. Yeah. Right? He's like, I'm going to take the time off to spend it with my family. He said, I don't know. It's the first time he's taken a vacation for God knows how long. Yeah. Because he used to take advantage of August to use it while people are asleep. He's working That's harder. what we do during Ramadan. Right? Exactly. Like during Ramadan, we made the, we laid the foundation for the rest of the year, which yeah. is, you know, really tough game, but that's mm -hmm. how we do it. Right? So, it's it's the idea of just being all in. Yeah. It's like whether you're spending time with family or you're working, you need to be all in. Yeah. Right? Um, and I found it interesting because now there's no daily views for the whole month. Do you, right? I feel I always there's, feel like there are vloggers that I follow. Yeah. But I never follow a vlogger daily. Yeah. There are daily vloggers, but I don't yeah. follow them daily. Yeah, exactly. Um, I but I do touch point. I touch base. Yeah. Right. And it'll be a bit odd. I know you don't really like Casey Neistat, but I do. I did. I mean, yeah. I don't see much of his content anymore. But what I did like was being able to touch base and follow a journey in mm. his life. Um, and I think that Gary V offers that. But the Daily V really showcases um, the, the how agile a modern entrepreneur in a creative space has to be. Yeah. Um, and, you know, somebody who's building a broader portfolio, somebody who's looking to invest in different businesses, um, and someone who will take really, really big hits publicly. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what yeah, I learned from Yeah, his ups him, and downs, you know? everything is, is public. Right? Yeah. Um, which is what I find fascinating. Like, if this is his grind for the whole year, then August is the only family time they get, other than the fact that if he's back in town and you know he goes home to sleep 
Yeah, right? absolutely. Other than that, he's traveling all year round. But in fairness, um, I think that that's how he was always built. Yes. So, you so know, a part takes, of me always... It takes a lot for his family to be like, okay, cool, you know, do you. Yeah, right? and like for my family, I mean, and, and we always hear this. Uh, the ones who happen to be in the business will see me and it. will get like that one-on-one -on -one time but people like my mom you know I love her I come I connect with her every day but it's it's she does kind of she is a touch point and I do have to make a point of like carving time out in the year for her but you've seen it it's only yeah. like a month it's yeah. not and and that's something we'll all yeah. we all struggle with right if you're in our vicinity then great then you then you're around you see it great you get it but if you're not it's tough it's really tough you know you got to make it a point to reach out like intentionally yeah or just find friends that accept that that's just the way it is and they're building something or uh, you know she's building yeah. something right now yeah like those that could keep up <laughs> yeah yeah which is a really tough thing to deal with anyway but in the grand scheme of it what was i know that, that you spoke to him but what was the part from his talk that you saw that we didn't so, get in in oh the... i've got so i've got a full hour video oh really yeah, yeah okay and i remember after after the talk was done i went up to him like by the way I just took a video of the whole talk. You're like, yo, that's too cool, man. That's yours. Do your thing. I was like, I'm going to release this content. He's like, it's yours. Do whatever you want with it. Amazing. So he's, he's really chill about it. I was like, I do this. So, so should, we, should we put that so up So I'm somewhere? thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, maybe it needs some editing. It needs some work. And it's funny because, like, as I said, like I'm always fun and center and asking a lot of questions. This one time, I was like, I'm done. I already asked him what I had you, in mind. And you really got, like, deep yeah, response. Yeah, I, I got what I needed. I was like, okay, leave space for other people. Um, that's odd. But his, his <laughs> no, right? Uh, well, that's odd. Because I've had 10 minutes to myself. Yeah, of course. Right? This is someone. Which if, is so valuable in anyone's time. Exactly. Not like, not yeah, some, you if, know. If, his, if this is his daily grind and he says, let's sit right now and I sat with him and I got 10, 12, 15 minutes, even if I got an hour with him, um, it's all pretty aggressive and like it's all has its own. Uh, like you appreciate that time, right? Yeah. Because like, all right, cool, let's do it, let's talk. Um, so then when he comes and speaks into the class, it's an hour and a half, he has an agenda. He comes ready with what he wants to say, Yeah. right? And then people realize you cannot, he's not gonna give you a Q&A session at the end. Okay. You interrupt him to okay. ask a question, right? Because he's just like, he's laying down facts for you. He's telling you what's up. He's telling you his points of view on the industry and how He's designing Vayner Media so differently, where he's like, you know, it's like I have my media group, but now I'm buying other businesses to funnel through my own media group. Yeah. Right. Um, remember those animal crackers? Zoo. Your kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the little animal shaped crackers. He wanted to buy that. So this is another business theory that he has, is to invest in, um, invest in nostalgia and bring it back. To be honest with you, which has been working, which right? is working, it. yeah, it does um, work. I, I mean, uh, right now, who is it that opened their vinyl fact? The fact the there's a revival. There's in a, a revival. Lot, in I, a lot I don't of know things. how to explain and what I'm about I remember to say. when when okay, Shadi's record store, right? Yeah, that's a revival. It is a revival, vinyl, right? Yeah. To make things even more, when we interviewed Shadi, I mean, this was over a year ago, right? He's like, cassettes are coming back. He said that, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. He was like, and I was like, why do you think that? He's like, because he went home to his family, to his parents' place, and found all these old music cassettes that his parents have. Yeah. So what he ended up doing was that he took all of them, because he says that, and this it was fascinating when he was, the way he was talking about it. He's like, because it's lo-fi, right? There's a certain type of low quality sound that you get from cassettes yes right? and there's also something in vhs as well exactly there's a there's a texture to it exactly so yeah. technology is like dvds and cds and mp3s and wav audio i see that took the, they're so pure as audio forms and so clean it took that dirt away i see that right so he wanted to bring that back and he started using that in creating music what he managed to build is um a cassette player that he connects to his computer so what he does is he samples his music from cassettes. I dig that. Right? So then he gets that weird, raspy, dirty sound that he's looking for. And that grimy, from grimy sound. Exactly. And, and he developed that into making his music. And then he's like, but the same way vinyls came back, cassettes are going to come back. Because they give you something, an MP3 can never yes, give you. Yes, absolutely. Right? Um, and now he's making his own beat tapes, beat cassettes. Yeah. 
he's just selling cassettes now in a store as well. In Baby Driver, remember we watched Baby Driver? Yeah. That practice, yeah. when I saw all of the... The iPods, the, the old iPod, iPods. The old iPods, and then, you know, him putting it, like, you know, digi uh, uh, what is it? He was, he was um, he, he made was, cassettes from his music. Yes. Yeah. Um, and then when they played it back, there was that graininess that he yeah. wanted to hear, or, and even just the setup. Yeah. There's something that really spoke to me in that scene. Like that entire Just scene. Just a big bag of cassettes. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. yes. There's a lot that spoke to me. Sorry, because I remember carrying around my cassettes in my backpack yeah. and having my Walkman and putting it in a boombox and that whole thing. And I yeah. know it's like kids these days, but it's not. It's yeah. actually a really wonderful ritual in music. It and is. it's a practice in music because that like, I love. Yeah, you know? because now then you have to listen to the whole song or just... If you want to fast forward, you got to listen to that sound of it fast forward. Yeah. You, you don't get that. But maybe I have the nostalgia because mixtapes right? were made for me. And exactly. that, like we like, always talk about yo, this. I made a lot of money off of these cassettes. <laughs> um, yeah, no joke. Yo, that side hustle <laughs> is legit. It was, it was a good side hustle. I mean, you know, every time I was into a girl, I made her a cassette tape. That's it. And That's what I said. Yeah, That's it right there. Exactly. And then, and then you duplicated time, that cassette tape to sell to your friends so that they didn't have to make that cassette tape. Because then the they guys who wanted, who wanted to make cassette tapes for their girls. It's a standard white label business model. I sold, I sold them because. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know girlfriend. the name at the time, but yeah. I totally knew them. Yeah. But, like, but, I remember um, when I was in university, my, my ex was from fuck, like middle school or something, was visiting. And like she was just in town. like, hey, I'm in town. You want to meet? I was like, yeah, cool. And. She met my girlfriend at the time, and she's like, hey, so did he give you a cassette? <laughs> she did. She's like, no, I got a CD. He's like, no, no, I, guess, I, I got a CD. He burned me a CD. <laughs> so, you know, I was, like, I was like, listen, I upgrade. Come on. Yeah, exactly. We're moving with the times tapes. now. Exactly. I'm like, now I send MP3s. But you know what? I think the practice of I've chosen this selection for you is right? it's still lovely. There's an you know? effort. And now there's like, you know, playlists, which is nice, but it's not the same for me. Like, Mar made me a playlist, and I loved it, yeah. you know, and actually like when we hear... It wasn't Spotify, it was just actually, I, it was an iTunes, it okay. was from iTunes, I don't, yeah. I, I don't really remember so anymore. He created a playlist from it, and when a song from that pops up, we actually look at each other with like a knowing, you yeah, know, I, which I, is lovely, yeah. I love it's it. It's like, I love oh yeah, it, song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got that moment? Yeah, I yeah. love it, but I can tell you, the, the sweet nostalgic sentimental space in my heart that I have for guys who made me a mixtape because I knew what it took to make that like, yeah exactly and I think I hope it's being revived again but um, there's something to it like I always enjoy doing but that. there are some really uh, obviously I troll Kickstarter like a mofo like Kickstarter is mm -hmm. my is my is my life and I, sh I sent you that you know that port it's yeah, an unusual way to player. play cassette yeah. Cassettes, yeah. which is obviously you just run through the track of the tape, yeah, which is interesting. Yeah, so maybe that's part of a revival but is new ways to listen to cassette. Yeah, Shadi's way was interesting. Shadi actually went to Ajman and got them to install a cassette, an old school cassette, like a car cassette player in his in glove his box. Car, yeah. So now when he opens the glove box, that's what he has his cassettes. God bless that man. <laughs> I swear to He's God. He's dedicated to the car. He cause. is so dedicated. Yeah. I love him with everything. He's like just he, everything. It's um, a cool run. Yeah. I think like we, we kind of went to. I enjoy the segues actually. I'm not gonna lie, they're fun. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> now it gets me thinking about a lot of different things at the same time. But investing like, in nostalgia is definitely something right? that we should investment. like consider. Yeah. You know, or anyone um, should consider yeah. because we, we those things shouldn't die. That's the you know people say well I, we already did that in the 90s, mm -hmm. but I'm like why should it die in the 90s? Let yeah. it revive. Let uh, let us back. all relive yeah. it and share that love that we had for it. And it makes sense, right? Which is why, like, Gary wanted to invest in that, didn't work out, but he's looking to invest in nostalgia in other forms. And the things that, when he says things like that, you see it. Yeah. Like, you know it from your life. Like, instantly when you saw that, I remembered, I thought of Shadi. I thought of me and Mubarak buying records. And yeah. You start think remembering certain things that you know did, and I'm seeing certain elements of it today. Yeah, I dig that. And it speaks to you. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot to it. So anyways, I, I have that video, I just don't know what to do with it yet. I, I was thinking we put it up on, on the channel with a little bit of edit. 
Um, okay, let's take a look something. at it now. Yeah. Do you have it? Hmm? Yeah, let's take a look at it now and see what happens. Anyways, Gary V, man. Yeah. You got to meet a legend in my eyes, anyways. Um, and I really appreciate that you did. I am irritated that I wasn't there. Yeah, the only moment in all of Cannes, by the way, coming to Dubai, we could have I, a full I hour. I feel like I really want to push for it. I think yeah. that a lot of people would benefit. Would yeah. You know, and yeah. um, and he was into it. We spoke about it. Oh, did um, you speak about it? Yeah, because yeah. I don't know who was that came to him and asked him like, "Yo, do you do you travel around or do you go to different places?" And uh, it's like, "Yeah, it's like I'm trying to plan a trip to Dubai." And he points at me. He was like, "You know, we're doing something." Like, sure. Um, okay. <laughs> yes, I think let's let's try but, yeah. for it. I'm not sure how to yet, but yeah. I feel like I would really. But I know he he hasn't. He, it's his, in his intention to come out here. Yeah. So there's, there's some a consortium kind of, of us that would like to see him. Yeah. I know that. Like there's a bunch of us that really yeah. would like to see him. So we could do something with that. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Let's try and figure it out. But anyways, um, I'm a bit hungry. Let's go. <laughs> Shall we go? Let's go. <laughs> I'm starving. Okay. So Gary, for those that don't know who you are, how would you introduce yourself? Hmm. Uh, so I'm an entrepreneur. That's definitely the best way to put it. I'm an immigrant. Um, was born in Belarus, moved to the U.S. as a kid. Hustler, hard worker, somebody who tries to will his way to victory, and somebody who's been historically correct about consumer trends. Launched an e-commerce wine business in 1996 when people were still debating if the internet was a fad. Early on email and, and Google AdWords. Uh, very early YouTube creator, started the longest form YouTube show four months after YouTube came out around wine, uh, and, then, and then realized I had a real talent, and so I started investing in what I believed was about to happen next, and I was an early investor in Twitter and Facebook and Tumblr, and later Uber and Snapchat, and have had a really good career there, and then last five, the last six years, eight years officially, but the last six years running a company called VaynerMedia, which is, um, I guess a new age creative agency now that I'm realizing what we're actually doing. Uh, but we do full service, media buying and e-com and things of that nature. And um, four time New York Times bestseller. Um, have a podcast, the Gary V Audio Experience. All oh, yeah. you should download. I actually listen to that. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, hustler, man, hustler. So this is what I find interesting is that because you're from Belarus yeah. and you moved to the States. So technically you're a third culture kid. And what I love is that with our platform, it actually started as the space that accepts third culture kids. Love because it. living in Dubai, sure. it's a mosaic. The locals are like 10% or less. Yes, right? right. So most of us are not from there, but you know, we somehow Got found there. a home there. Yeah. And question is that, did, did you find struggles in your upbringing in the States as the kid from Belarus? Yeah, I mean, I also picked a funny time to do it, which was, you know, now, obviously the US fights with a lot of the Middle East and things of that nature, but Russia was the superpower that, like, my friends literally thought I was a spy, like, for real, like, made those jokes and, you know, yeah. you know, I was an outsider, um, like, got forced to drink pee-pee out of, like, a Pepsi cup, like, some, some yeah, 19, like kid you know, pranks. Yeah, kid yeah, yeah. pranks that were, like, not fun. Yeah. Um, yes and no. I don't want to paint a, I would say the first 24, 36, I would say the first two, three years weren't the greatest. But by the time I was in first grade, second grade, I was kind of getting acclimated to the US culture, fell in love with American football. So I, I think what's really cool about an immigrant is you always feel like an outsider. Yeah. And I actually, I mean, look what's going on here. Like, like for the things that I put out to the world, I'm an outsider to the Cannes Lion Festival. Like I'm just that guy that um, is attracted to amazing, amazing platforms, whether that's the United States, whether that's advertising, whether that's the wine world, whether that's the sports world. I'm fascinated by those places, but I prefer to be an outcast because what, when you're an outcast, you're looking at it differently. Yeah. Um, and I think the big advantage immigrants have is, especially in a, in a lot of these countries, is they outwork the natives. Right. They're hungry. So when did you realize that? Like, when were you comfortable enough with being the other and realized how hungry you are and you're willing to work twice as hard? Uh, probably sixth grade. Sixth grade, I started realizing, why do I think it's fun to do lemonade stands and garage sales and wash cars? Oh, and so you had that, like, early on? Very early. Okay. I was a bad student, mm -hmm. which was probably my beginning of being okay with it. Yeah. I was an entrepreneur, I was a hustler, and it worked in my favor. And so, um, probably around sixth, seventh grade, um, I also didn't get to do anything as a kid starting after seventh grade. From eighth grade on, I worked in my dad's liquor store on every weekend and every vacation, summer vacay, regular vacay. And so, I've, uh, 
I've, uh, thank you, thank you. Uh, I've, uh, <laughs> I've, um, I realized somewhere around 12 to 14 that I was a different breed. Nice. Okay, so I think that's, that's a cool statement. Realizing that you're a different breed says a lot. And, and you know what happens is, as, and then what happens is you start having success, it compounds. Like, like everybody wants to be different and be them true selves if they can pull it off. Yeah. Like, like the tough part is, can you pull it off? And some people are different in ways that don't allow them to pull it off. One of the great things about being a innovative, creative entrepreneur is you can be self-contained. Like, you know, I'm about to be in this room with a bunch of you, so many people listening now. Everybody wants to be that artist, but to be an artist and a commerce-driven executor, that's a little bit more of a rare feat. But if you ask any artist, they'd all love to be able to be in a position where they can do their art and get away with it, yeah. right? Some people are willing to be so deep to it that they starve, others conform. I mean, look, the advertising industry is filled with people that had ambitions to make movies and other art, and where they had to settle in to be able to maybe get that nice car and a fancy house was the advertising industry. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm very grateful that my salesmanship and business skills gave me the air cover to be a creative, Executor within the business world, and okay. So there's something uh, I, I noticed that you repeat a lot is how that you're a salesman first, then a marketer second, and you know you you constantly trying to drive that through. What was the? Where do you draw the line? Because te- you know the sales and marketing, they can't. There's a gray area in between. Yes, but then salespeople are not usually marketers. That great of marketers and, and vice, vice versa. versa. Exactly. So how were you able to kind of, first off, bring both together and where was the I differentiation? Think, I think when you're an entrepreneur, you have more room to color and be good at both. Mm. I think you go into a corporation and they put you in one of the two buckets. I've met a lot of salespeople that I think have natural marketing DNA and vice versa. And if you notice, the people that are successful if you stripe away their ability to be political within an organization, they're the marketing person that the salespeople respect or they're the salesperson that the marketing people respect. And I think those are the people that actually have what I have. So I don't think I'm some unicorn. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people who actually have the ability to be good at sales and marketing. I think companies force you to go one route or the other and then thus we don't even realize that capability. And so in, in entrepreneur land, we see it. We see it less in organizations. Interesting, because like when I first, when I got my first advertising gig I was I mean I was still I was still in university at the time I was just about 19 20 and the first thing my boss at the time told me is that you are a salesman the only difference is you're selling ideas yeah I get it I mean look I think there's a lot to be said of that I mean I think we can I think parents are salespeople you know I think teachers are salespeople like like well if you define the word as selling of like getting somebody to believe something if you then believe that that's selling versus manipulating um, whatever adjective you want to throw on it I think we all I mean communicate my man you are literally wearing those glasses on top of your head and I'm wearing this cap yeah. to communicate, to sell something. Exactly. It's crazy. Like we're, we're like we're every, everybody's selling. Fa- yeah. The fashion industry is completely predicated on our want to communicate. Like literally I'm looking at every person in this room right now, like they all are dressed specifically for that rationale. It's just real. It's just a real way as we communicate. And it, it means something. The nice gentleman over there just looked at me, yeah. like hit, like the, the kicks he's wearing, like the glasses, like that is a statement to me. It makes me know he's different than, you know, people of that demo, of that age, of that thing. Like it's very fascinating how everything comes to that. And so that makes sense to me that a mentor would say that to you because yeah. I, think, I think what that mentor was trying to say to you is like, look, if you get too high, up in the clouds on this and aren't practical, you'll never get to make the art that you want to. Yeah. Okay, so, I mean, since people are coming in, we're gonna yeah. try to wrap it up. And yeah. We're like two more questions. Yeah, no worries. Um, so first off, I think what I wanted to know is that if, if you weren't doing this and you could do something different, what would it have been? A psychologist. Why psychologist? I like talking to people. I love HR. I like trying to figure out why people do things. Mm. Um, it's how I think about my creative and my sales. And so, like... I think I would like it. I would like just like the thought of like 15 hours a day, people coming in, laying down on the couch, theoretically, and talking to me, I feel like I could help. I feel like I'm good at it. I feel like I do it. I feel like a lot of my content is grounded in it. I can see that. Okay, and the other thing is that if, if you were to give advice, something that you've never said before to, not necessarily up and comers, but even to people just trying to make a change or a shift in their life, 
and something that maybe will ha have you step out of maybe even your comfort zone to kind of deliver that point, what would that be? Being selfish is the most selfless act because if you can be fully selfish and get yourself to a great place, you will then be forced to give. That's dope. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yeah, it's a little course. further down the yeah. part of like make yourself happy. Yeah. I'm like fascinated by my selflessness and selfishness in yeah. parallel. I like and, that. Yeah. And I'm fascinated by that. Okay, one more because yeah. I, I actually wanted to ask you this in the session, but I'm just gonna do it now anyway. Um, your 60 seconds thing on social media. Now you've been doing where people get to respond within 60 seconds. I was of two minds about it because one is that I actually think it's great because then you get people the opportunity to reach out and you can talk to them and they mm -hmm. talk to you and you talk mm -hmm. to them. But also, I feel like you're trying to experiment with something new in the sense that, for example, to set Instagram notifications so then people know as soon as you have yes. something up. Or yes. like, so your, the knowledge you're gaining or how you're teaching digital and social, is that based on strictly first-hand experimentation or you actually see what other people have done as first -hand well? First-hand experimentation. That's okay. why I feel fresh to people. Yeah. I consume nobody. I create content and consume my audience response to it and stay in my vortex and I like to innovate and hack and I think I'm, I'm actually scared to consume others because I think it dilutes me and so I just stay in my little cocoon. of our own intellect no power in a soul's internet i'm simply solving the code to center it finding a way to intercept get your intel xed narcy